It's time for JT the Brick. How we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? What do we want to talk about with the Raiders? So I want to see an interception. I want to see some sacks. Raiders come with four. Here comes the fifth rusher. And he's sacked! Deshaun Bauer had him around the waist. And the Raiders defense holds on fourth down. And then your boy JT got it right. JT the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick. I don't spend a lot of time on teams that don't make the playoffs. We talk about what matters in championships and winning here. It's Big Boy Radio. That is the best atmosphere in a preseason game that I've ever been a part of. And that's easy to say that, clearly. Get your ass out here and get ready. Here we go. And now, here's JT the Brick. Welcome back. Hour number two of the show. Thanks for joining us. Brought to you by Resorts World. The vision of Scott Sabella and what he wants to do with sports. I live it. I know it. I'm at Doghouse Saloon. I'm at Red Tail. I'm at 8 Cigar Lounge. I love everything about Resorts World. Free parking. Wow. Free parking. You come off the elevators. You get off the elevators. Where are you? Right at Doghouse next to the theater with those amazing concerts. But when you go into Doghouse, you can be there with me for Monday Night Football. You can also be there for the country music, the shows, what they do later on in the year with the rodeo. Charles Woodson and I sat in the back of eight, smoked a cigar, talked sports. And who do I see right next to me? Mark Davis who has a box there, too. He has a box of cigars. Eight cigar lounge inside Resorts World. Wally's, where you can get an unbelievable platter of meats and cheese. I love Resorts World. My wife loves it. We're there all the time. Thanks to Resorts World, as they are proud partners of our show. So the big news today in Raider Nation, I was there today, but not at practice. Deshaun Reed reporting Devontae Adams wasn't at practice again today. Raiders listed him as out with an illness yesterday. That's all we have on that. We'll wait for the coach. I interview him today. We don't interview about injuries. We don't talk about it because our interview airs Saturday on TV, and it could change day to day. So we'll uh, keep an eye on this a little bit closer because he's got to go. And depending on what this illness is, we'll see if there is more to this uh, coming up here. So, um, And by the way, Q's in the hallway. He's going to talk about it on his show coming up. And we have the voice of the Saints, Mike Hotz, kind enough to join us. Mike, appreciate you doing this the week of the game. I can tell you in advance, the Raider Nation is road tripping to NOLA. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, and welcome. I'm sure the Halloween weekend won't, <laughs> won't hurt things at all. Not at all. Tell us about this team and the quarterback decision. I figured when Jameis came back, if he was healthy, he'd get the go. Andy Dalton's putting up some pretty good numbers. Yeah, and I think that's probably plays along and goes along with Dennis's decision, which to me just kind of feels like a gut decision, just feel like Andy gives you the best chance to win, even though Jameis is back healthy and certainly you know, should probably have an opportunity to win the job back on the field, but they've moved the ball. It's just they mm-hmm. turn the ball over at the end or can't punch into the end zone, and so these massive time-eating drives turn into nothing, but they have you know, they're third for total offense with yards. They, their numbers look good, mm. but they just haven't been able to, to, to make any hay out of it. Mike Haas is our guest. So when they do move the ball, Mike, how is it with Kamara, who can catch a ball as good as anybody I've seen in the last decade on a wheel route or just a check down? He's explosive because if you don't tackle him instantly, he's off to the races. And Alave is a pretty good player. What a draft pick that turned out to be. Yeah, Alave's been special just because the Saints have been without so many wide receivers. The wide receiver room in training camp was the talk of camp. Mike Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Deontay Hardy. And so 
The other guys were going to be nice, you know, pieces to the puzzle. But no Jarvis Landry, no Mike Thomas. Neither of them practiced again today, so they're they're not going to be playing on Sunday. So it's been a lot more of Chris Olave. And what's been impressive about him to me is that of his 32 catches, 19 have been for first downs, and they're not third and three. They're third and 10, third and 11. And he has stepped up big time, does not feel like a rookie at all, but they need him to because they're playing without Thomas and Landry and Hardy and others. Voice of the Saints, Mike Hotzkond, enough to join us as we're looking ahead to New Orleans this weekend. Very interesting teams. I interviewed Josh McDaniels today, and the teams are really familiar with each other in regards to they have the same look. A couple, a handful of stars. You know, the Raiders have Devontae Adams, Max Crosby. They got some players there that you look at, Chandler Jones, Derek Carr, that are recognizable. Cam Jordan, Honey Badger, Kamara, some names here. And then they're trying to figure out the rest of the roster from the offensive line to other positions here. Would you compare them that way, that star-driven with a handful of stars but trying to get the other players on the same page? Yeah, a little bit. I would, but we look at the Saints as the expecting great moments from this defensive unit who is pretty much intact. Their front four, their linebackers, Cam Jordan, all those guys. And so that unit has been, and they will tell you this, disappointing. And on the offensive line, that's all draft picks, mm-hmm. except for Trevor Penning, who is out. I just feel like it's been, I mean, when you have 16 turnovers, really, what's, what, what, who cares what the next question is? When you have 16 turnovers, you're minus 10. Yeah. And the turnover differential, does it really matter who the quarterback is or who the running backs are or who the defensive stars are? You turn it over at that rate. And by the way, in seven games, two of those games, they won the turnover battle. So that minus 10 comes from five games. It's been just so hard to overcome. And the Saints stars really haven't been on the field offensively with, with Thomas and, and, and uh, Landry being out. Mike Hoss, voice of the Saints. So let's talk, stay on the defensive side. We expect Cam Jordan to have four and a half sacks, but Demario Davis, the linebacker, has got five. What's been going on with him, and how has he been getting to the quarterback, and how explosive of a player is he? Well, he's been such a mainstay as far as tackles, and this year what's really benefited him has been the play of Pete Werner, mm-hmm. second-round pick from last year, and he's just been a monster. We didn't, he didn't play in training camp, was injured, and just comes out from game one, 44 solo tackles, second in the NFL. He's just been a beast out there, picking the right lanes, hitting hard, forcing fumbles. And so you used to kind of have to concern yourself with Demario Davis, but now it's been a big part of, of his play because he's got Pete Warner beside him, who he did not have last year. The Saints play a lot of two linebacker sets, five, five DBs, which has been tougher because they don't have five healthy DBs too much. I'm I'm fascinated by that because you would I'm sure you're talking about it on your shows too about the play of Josh Jacobs. He's putting up numbers comparable to Marcus Allen in a Raider uniform and Bo Jackson. Matter of fact, he's right there with Marcus. Marcus did it in fifty, he's doing it in forty nine when it comes to the productions, the yards, and he just had three games over hundred and forty. What are you seeing on tape and what do you think the Saints are looking at when they see Josh Jacobs? Well, he's tough. I mean, one, he's big and strong, and they have no problem running him between the tackles. But really, what they love to do is pitch it to him. In any capacity, get him on the outside. So, believe me, I'm watching going, oh, my gosh, he is going to be enormously tough to stop. And if you can't stop that, you're going to have a heck of a time with Devontae Adams, Mack Hollins, and Renfro just play action. So that's 
that's rule number one. You, you got to figure out a way to slow him down. Now, nobody's done that in the last three games. I, I don't know what happened. What was he doing in the first three weeks, averaging 64 yards a game and no touchdowns? Because he explodes uh, after that. But stopping him, but you really can't. You have to slow him down and get the Raiders into some type of third and seven, third and eight, some type of manageable situation for the defense. If not, it's going to be a tough afternoon. Hey, Mike, as we get ready to wrap this up, I'll tell you, I've, uh, I, I knew Dennis Allen. I, I did the coach's show with him when he was here. Good gentleman, obviously, defense. And as a defensive coordinator, he's second to none when it came to working with Sean Payton. But I know what it's like to be a head coach when you're not winning because I saw him get fired here after our London trip years ago when the Raiders opened up 0-4. What do you think of him as a head coach? What's not working now? And what type of motivational tactics is he using with the Raiders coming in, a team and an organization that let him go in the past? I think he's going to have that uh, Saints locker room jumping coming out of the tunnel. I think the the way Dennis approach, approaches it and the way it's really worked out this week has been the best and that he hasn't had to do it. Demario Davis has stepped up and really taken the, the, the heat for the defense. Uh, Alvin Kamara is not the most talkative guy. He is standing up team meetings i mean he's letting the players do it but he's he's a quiet kind of guy and so for people are all over him here because he's he's not real you know uh, doesn't show a lot of enthusiasm doesn't show a lot of emotion on the sideline but that's just who he is and so he didn't have 16 turnovers so it's been tough it's been very challenging for him but i think he's done the right thing in that he's going to let his players do the talking and and to, to work to make sure he doesn't lose this locker room. Yeah, that's really- two and six, two and seven. That's the big concern is that you lose the locker room. Well, it should help that he's been there a long time, too. These are his guys, too, even though Sean Payton was the head coach. When he looks at the veterans in this locker room and it's not going right, he should be able to get them in the office, talk to him. He has that respect now, correct? Very much so. He has that respect. And it's if you remove Sean, you still have Pete Carmichael calling yeah. the plays. And Dennis is, you know, still calling the plays. It's kind of a triumvirate of, of co-defensive coordinators. But you're right. He's, he has that respect. But it's just the way they've lost, it's been so kind of gut-wrenching. Um, it's not like they had big leads and lost it, but they they've have dominated it in many aspects of two or three games only to lose it. And so you're sitting here two and five trying to stop a two-game losing streak and it just gets tougher with the injuries. I mean, they, they, their mm-hmm. injuries, and every, every team has yeah. them, but this, they, they've been hit in positions. Secondary, wide receivers, you know, other positions are fine, but when you're hit with three and four injuries in one position, it makes it tough. He's the voice of the Saints, Mike Hoss. Mike, finally, uh, be, being in that market, and I've road tripped with the Raiders plenty of times. When the Saints came here last, it was COVID in front of no fans. I'll never forget that. And unfortunate because Saint fans would love to travel here. But what's it like every every time you have a home game in New Orleans, knowing that every team wants to come visit? Because we're getting that now in Vegas, as you know. And it's going to be like that in Vegas probably from here to the end of the time. Everybody wants to see Allegiant Stadium. Everyone wants a Vegas road trip on top of an NFL game. You guys have been dealing with that forever. Well, it's been great. And the Dome has been such a wonderful home field advantage the tough teams are, are like the Raiders mm-hmm. when things are not going well, or like if Pittsburgh comes to town and all you see are 20,000 terrible towels waving in your own building, that's hard to stomach. So we're, we're used to it, but we've, we've, you know, since mm-hmm. 2006, fans here have become very, very spoiled. 
because we're used to coming to the Dome and walking out with a victory. But that hasn't been the case in the last three, four, five years. The Dome has been a tough place for the Saints to play. So the harder it gets for the opposing teams to come in and get tickets, the better it is. But when you're 2-5, and five, I expect we'll see. We're going to see a lot of black no matter what. The question is, will yeah. it be black and silver or black and gold? Mike, thanks for making time for me. All the best. I really appreciate your work. Anytime, fellas. You got it. Mike Haas, Voice of the Saints. Nice. We had the voice last week. I mean, look at what we're doing here. Bobby's putting it together here with last week. When you look at the guests, I always want to try to talk to the play-by-play voice because I normally know them after all these years because they've been there a lot. And Dave Logan, the voice of the Broncos, is a good friend. And if we go back to all these teams that we've talked to and some of these games that we've recently had, I like putting the play-by-play voice on. Getting the play-by-play voice on is important to me because they're normally talk show hosts. Well, this guy does, Mike does the news, right? Former WWL-TV anchor. He's an anchorman out there for years. He has a really good gig there, which is a lot of fun. So when we see this and we talk about it, we have the voice of the Texans on last weekend. They give you a little edge to that. And I made a good point, Raider fans. You caught that. They're not playing well. They're not playing well at all. So when you look at the Raiders going, man, there was snake bit. And I'm at fault for this. The snake bit against Arizona. Man, should have beat Kansas City 30-29. to Go beat this team. This team is ripe to be beat, but it sounds like the desperation is already in that locker room. And when you're desperate, you're going to play hard. Look at what the Raiders did at 1-4 and and what they did in the fourth quarter there. They're going to have to come out explosive and put this team behind you. It's tough to put Cam Jordan behind you in the rearview mirror. And and the other defensive players that they have on this team, which, uh, you know, Pete Werner, the linebacker, has got 60 tackles, 45 solo. That's second overall in football. Honey Badger hasn't shown up yet at all. He's got one interception. He has not played well. But Cam Jordan, four and a half sacks. And Demario Davis, a linebacker, has got five sacks. Imagine if the Raiders had a linebacker with five sacks. We're trying to get Max and Chandler combined for that number. So they're good. And their linebackers are really good. So it's hard to run on good linebackers overall. This is a Josh McDaniels game versus Dennis Allen. Man, this is a chess match you got a great offensive coordinator, now head coach, and you got a great defensive coordinator. And Dennis Allen is a great defensive coordinator. He has been. He's had a job a long time in this league because of what he knows on the defensive side. And he has control of that locker room for now. You know, there are a lot of people talking about Nate Hackett getting fired in London. For whatever reason, there is a brief history, it happened to Dennis Allen, of coaches getting fired in London. London's one of those games where if you don't win – you know, your wife could travel on the plane. It's a big trip. You know, wives don't travel on the plane. But we did when we went to London a few years ago. Because it was a big double-decker plane. Everybody went. And it was a little bit different there. And Dennis Allen got fired when the plane landed. And people talked about it. I love the London game. I'm in the minority. The London game's incredible. First off, you get to the London game, and it's a party, and it's great. And you get a free trip to road trip and go to the other, you know, <laughs> go, go to the other side of the pond. That's good. And then the pubs are great. And the NFL does a nice job there. They do. They really put on good events there. Now they got Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. That's my soccer team. So they have a great venue. They have two venues now, Wembley and Tottenham, to play at. And they're going to play a game in Germany this year. So I like that. But New Orleans, for us American fans— If you told me, name two road trips you'd want to go on the rest of your life in a rotation. It would be Green Bay, just because it's a pilgrimage. It would be New Orleans, and now the new one's Nashville. 
Nashville's real good because Nashville's got that Broadway and all that. And they're getting a new stadium, too. I don't know if you saw it today. You can find it all over. Uh, the Bills put out the renderings for their new stadium, $1.4 billion. And it's going to be similar to what they have in Miami where part of it's not going to be a dome. Not a dome. No. Buffalo did not want a dome. No. It's going to be one-third covered. So you'll stay out of the snow and the rain. You'll be underneath it, but it's open air, which is pretty cool. And Tennessee, I believe Nashville, the dome, because they want Super Bowls. So what's going to, Buffalo's not going to get a Super Bowl with an outdoor venue there, but they're going to get something new. But I was, it was, we had Tommy White on yesterday. I believe that Allegiant Stadium was 1.9. That stays in my head. 1.9 billion. Years later, Buffalo's building for 1.4. And remember, Stan Kroenke built SoFi went over five because of the rainstorm, the one-week rainstorm that put the project back for a year. I still think this, and it's the homerism in me because I live in Vegas. I love the stadium. I do. Is it perfect? Pretty perfect for me. When I walk around there, I love it. I love the clubs. I love the Wynn Nightclub, the Field Club. I love what the press box, the David Hum radio booth. I love the press box. And then everywhere you walk around, the concourses and all that, everybody seems to be loving it. The entertainment, the torch. Uh, they've done a nice job with the stadium there, no doubt about that. All right, Kevin Bollinger coming up next, Fox 5. He's the sports director, and he went to practice today. I got some practice questions coming up. What's going on with Devontae? Darren Waller's back. Carr attacking downfield than Josh Jacobs. Numbers tell me that Josh is not going to have 150 or 60, but my gut tells me he can do it again. Something special is happening with Josh Jacobs. Keep running the ball until we stop. Brought to you by Meetup Vegas, code JT Brick. I mean, I think we saw it a couple of times in, in practices, you know, um, we've had glimpses of it in games, um, you know, here and there, but, you know, that doesn't mean anything, you know, that's just a fact. We have to go out there and do it, you know, it doesn't matter what you do in the off season. It doesn't matter all that stuff. Like you got to put the work in, you got to do it together. It's going to be hard. It's got to be gritty. It's going to be physical. It's aggressive. It's violent. You know, it's a tough game. And so you gotta be able to have everyone, all 11 push through that. And then you can see what it looks like, but you know, Hopefully we can at some point get everyone out there healthy. In the NFL, that's hard to do. Um, and everyone has stepped up and played good football for us. But if we can do that, then, then we can find out. Um, but, you know, for the time being, it doesn't promise us anything. Doesn't pro- Everybody's hurt in this league. Everybody's hurt in this league. I repeat, every team has a big injury report. And the Raiders are trying to get healthy going into this long road trip to New Orleans. They're not coming back. They're going from New Orleans to Florida. And then to Jacksonville, Kevin Bollinger joins us from Fox 5. The sports director was at the open window at practice today. Kevin, what'd you see? Well, we didn't see Devontae Adams. I will tell you that much. Uh, For the second straight day, he was not at practice. Yesterday, he was on the injury report uh, listed as an illness. There were four players yesterday that were listed as missing because of illness. Three of the four came back today, uh, Abrams, Cleferl, uh, and uh, Bauer were all back at practice today, but Devontae Adams was not. So uh, still trying to get some clarification on that from the team, but we might not uh, get any more on that today. And then uh, maybe a little uh, ripple. Everybody kind of held their breath a little bit because Derek Carr was not out early on for stretching and uh, then uh, trotted out there at the very end of stretching. 
uh, and seemed fine uh, during the, the open period for the media in terms of his mobility. He was listed on the injury report yesterday as limited with a back injury, so he could have uh, been just coming off of some type of treatment or anything, but he did sprint out to, to catch the back end of warm-ups and then went into the individual position drill. So the big worry right now is uh, what does Devontae Adams have? How serious is it? And could it impact his status for Sunday? And those are things we're just going to have to see play out as the week progresses. Yeah, the team will let us know when the team's ready to let us know. Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5. Good to see Waller out there. And again, it's important for Waller not only to come back, but to, for Waller to be at 100%. Depending on what happens with Devontae, uh, he could be that guy that could be double teamed again, have a big day, and hopefully run at full strength because he's different. When he's at full strength, he can block. We know that if he's not 100%. But when he's able to run like a thoroughbred, that changes this offense. Absolutely. I talked to him in the locker room yesterday. He said that he's good to go, uh, that it was, uh, you know, the, the different leg than the, than the previous injury. And we talked about uh, a little bit about the mental part of, of a hamstring type of injury to make sure that you don't overcompensate when coming back for that uh, to, to get any type of uh, injury, re-injury or injury to another part of your body because of that. He said that the Raiders trainers and doctors have been really good at, uh, as they rehab and, and work their way through to go through the mental part of it as well because that's just as important. But he said he's in a really good spot physically and mentally and ready to go for Sunday. Kevin Bollinger, so I'm looking at what we're seeing, especially with New Orleans going with Andy Dalton instead of Jameis Winston. I like Jameis Winston a lot, and I think he's a good guy. Like, he had a bad perception when he came out of college. When I interviewed him, he was such a gentleman, and I've always liked him as a person, and he could throw for 5,000 yards. He could turn the ball over a lot, but he's the type of guy that if he gets in a rhythm, he could get very hot. But the Raiders will get Andy Dalton. I wonder if Andy Dalton's planning on playing the whole game. See, I'm one of the few guys who believe in conspiracy theories. They're putting out Andy Dalton, but they're telling us that Jameis is fresh. Either one of these guys can play at some point in the game. No question, man. You know, the Raiders, uh, you know, we, this was talked about earlier this week, too, uh, with Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, about preparing for teams like this that have two viable quarterbacks. At that time, when he was speaking, they had not made the announcement that Andy Dalton was starting, but he said, look, we're going to prepare for, for both quarterbacks uh, that are, uh, have the possibility of playing because who knows what's going to happen. You know, Derek Carr went out for a play with an injury in the first uh, series last week uh, and was able to come back. But uh, you have to prepare for the backup just as much as you do, especially when they have a different skill set because uh, at any time in the NFL – there could be a switch, whether it's a switch on a coaching decision or because of an injury. So the Raiders will be prepared for both Dalton and Winston uh, this weekend. And Kevin, I think the big thing for the Raiders to be prepared for is eight in the box in New Orleans and Dennis Allen trying to take Josh Jacobs out. The linebackers for New Orleans are really good athletic. They're good tacklers. If they're up in the box and very close to the line of scrimmage, got Cam Jordan there, a stout defensive line. This is... I'm not going to say it's impossible, but i got to expect Dennis Allen does not want to get beat by Josh Jacobs. He'd rather Derek Carr try to do it. Yeah, a fast physical defense for the Saints, and and uh, this offensive line is going to get tested. And, uh, you know, they've had a pretty good game uh, in terms of opening up some holes for Josh Jacobs here the last three weeks. Uh, this is a different type of group that they're going to face on Sunday, and they're going to bring everything to come after this offensive line. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, how – they respond on the offensive line and where the Raiders game plan uh, has to go based on 
on what the Saints are doing. Uh, Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5. You know, Coach doesn't want to talk about it with me, so we don't. He's he's not, let's talk about two, three games out. He's not. And he doesn't, as you know, you've interviewed him, he doesn't talk about individual players. Normally he talks about the group. And this is a two-week trip, and they're not looking ahead to Jacksonville. But it's a big deal. I, I was in the building today. They're packing up like they're going away for two weeks. And this is a big family, big business Big airplane, and they're not coming back to Vegas for a while here before the Indy game. And we all know a lot's on the line. But I can't talk about Jacksonville, but I can talk with you about both of them because that's a big road trip, and you're covering it as a top partner for Fox 5. How are you guys covering this long road trip? Well, we're going to be on the road the entire time. With Whoa. The we fly out uh, early tomorrow morning to New Orleans. We'll meet the team there. And uh, as soon as uh, we're done with the game on Sunday, uh, we're, we're going to be uh, – Moving over to the Gulf Coast of Florida, there in Sarasota, and and uh, we're going to be at practices all week, just like we cover them here in Las Vegas. We're going to be covering practices in Florida all week long, and then when the team makes the move up to Jacksonville uh, on Friday, uh, we'll do the same. So we'll, we're going on uh, eleven days, ten nights, wow. and uh, um, we're we're pushing all in with these guys with our coverage, and it is a key critical, as you talked about, two weeks because you have the trade deadline. Right in the middle of it. And I think what happens on Sunday could be critical as to what the Raiders decide to do going up to the trade deadline. Uh, and, and, you know, if they can come out, come away with two road wins here with this thing, they're right smack dab in this race. We both love what we do for a living. It's a privilege. We both understand this. It's kind of cool. It, it you know, draws on people's families when you have to go away that long, but still an opportunity to go out and travel to two great markets, too. you got to like that, you know, the per diem, the food, what nights you go out, what nights you stay in, the weather hopefully cooperates. you got to love this. Well, this is you know this is why we uh, we do what we do. It's a great opportunity uh, and a rare opportunity because uh, NFL teams certainly uh, don't do the the whole week away uh, every year. And and the weather's supposed to be fantastic in Florida, mid eighties the entire week. Uh, they're going to get uh, some good workouts in and some good sweats and 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 make sure that they're, they're acclimated time wise for those ten a.m. Pacific time kickoffs. Uh, and then, you know, obviously indoors in New Orleans, but they are going to be outdoors in 80-degree uh, temperatures in Jacksonville the following week. So a uh, real great opportunity to, to, to kind of just get a closer look at this team in a very important part of this season because I think these next two weeks uh, we're going to see you know, what this team is made of, and, and, you know, I think it's going to determine where this team ends up in the end. I'll be at the Golden Knight game tomorrow for Nevada Day. I'm sure Vince Sapienza and you'll have teammates out there also as VGK is off to a pretty good start. Yeah, I mean, what, third-best record in the NHL. Uh, mm. uh, you know, great opportunity for them to get out of the gate uh, with a lot of their games early in the season against teams that didn't make the playoffs last year. Mm. And so important for them to get out to that fast start as well and, and get people excited about this team. Uh, and, and if they can stay healthy, then they're a team that's going to make some noise uh, as well. So, you know, what a great t- time to be in Las Vegas. we got the Raiders uh, getting ready to turn this thing mm. and get it rolling, the Golden Knights rolling. we got... Two locals playing for the Phillies in the World Series starting tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, good good times. Take care, Kevin. Safe travels, man. Have a good trip. Always a pleasure. Thanks, JP. My pleasure. Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5. That's a nice road trip. Uh, very quickly, Damon Bruce is going to join us. Why am I covering the Niners? I cover the NFL. Do we, do we mix in another team here? Uh, Niners season on the brink. Niners in trouble coming up with their trade. They're three and four. Okay, look at these records around the league. And also, I want to get into Brittany Griner. I'm really upset about the fact I tweeted out free Brittany Griner. 
and got some horrible responses, Bobby. And, and Bobby, what's interesting about this on this issue is Brittany Griner is in a heinous jail in Russia as Russia is in an unjust war. Mm. Uh, I can talk about this because it's sports and it's politics. And she's not a drug dealer. She's not. She didn't come over with a backpack of heroin. She wasn't trying to deal opioids and get kids addicted in Russia. She's a pot user. She went in with vape pens and cartridges. She made a horrible mistake, terrible mistake. On a scale of 1 to 10, it's a 10. As dumb as you can be. But she's an American. We take American soldiers, American citizens, construction workers, whatever they do, no matter how stupid it is, they're ours. They're our citizens. We get them out. They're not letting her out. And we have idiots in this country saying, well, do you know what the crime was? Yeah, I know what the crime was. It's a tiny crime, but it's really important and big in Russia. Put that behind you. Put the, we know what the crime was. Again, we know what she did. She wasn't dealing arms. She wasn't doing hard drugs. And the fact that she's stuck there and only Steph Curry and a couple of WNBA players are talking about it, it's repulsive to me that this American woman who has issues with the anthem and all these other things that we might not like, we need to get her out. There's literally nothing I can add to that. Yeah, That's you would it. think, but on my Twitter feed and other Twitter feeds, you won't believe these heinous trolls and what they say to this woman directly to her. I've never seen I've never seen anything close to this, Bobby. Okay, I'm gonna throw this out real quick because we gotta go to break. Yeah. You remember that podcast you did with Looney yesterday? Yes. What was the topic of the podcast? How you think that Twitter is the real world and he thinks it isn't. Yeah, it is. It's it's a shame. It's, it's, it's a shame it's, for Brittany Griner. It's, it's not. God, 100% of our country, not 99.3, 100% should want to get this American athlete out because she's in harm's way and she's an American. And we got people who are talking about the difference between Sacramento Airport with vape. I mean, some real idiots on this. Why does it bother me? I don't know. Because I think we should free Brittany Griner. And we're probably not. Because Putin's not going to let it happen. Damon Bruce, 95-7 the game coming up next. We'll go around the league. And what's going on with the Niners? Are they in trouble or big trouble? That's next. It was a long week. You know, we've been away. I'm not trying to make excuses by any means, but, you know, we got to bring that energy regardless of where we play, when we play, whatever it is. And guys hurt. Uh, guys have to step up in those situations. And, you know, it's just a, it, that is what it is. It's the NFL. It's, it's not easy. That's Jimmy Garoppolo as we go up to the Bay Area, my longtime friend, Damon Bruce from 95.7 The Game before his show. D. Bruce, thanks for coming on. And I, I know the Niners are chasing the Rams. They got a big rivalry here. And I know what McVay's doing, but I don't know what Kyle Shanahan's doing with these trades. What's happening? How's this playing out in San Francisco? It's a fascinating trade. It's, it's an all-in move for sure. And I think that the fact that the Rams were pursuing McCaffrey – you know, it made them extend themselves to make sure that they got the deal done. I think one of the last things that Kyle Shanahan wanted to see was him lose another war of interest over a player he thinks can be vital to his season. We know that that happened over Matthew Stafford, and I don't think he wanted to see it happen a second time. Now, i got to be totally honest. I don't know if Christian McCaffrey is honestly filling a need that the 49ers had it feels this is more of a want and if he really is the, the, the decoder ring 
that ends up opening up this offense finally, it'll be worth it. But it is huge draft capital for a running back who we all know when healthy is a, a true gifted player and a game changer. But when healthy has become a very big question around Christian McCaffrey over the last two years. So it's a risk, but I think it's also an announcement that Shanahan understands that there needs to be more urgency put in this season than we've seen from the 49ers so far who got off to, you know, let's be honest, this has been a bit of an up and down start and they just got completely tuned up by the Kansas city chiefs. Yeah. Damon Bruce joins us. I think it's fascinating because of the division, uh, on this date last year, Arizona was 7-0. and That was no joke. First team to 10 wins. They got some talent here. You got the world champs in that division. And the team we thought we were going to throw away to next year with the haul from the Russell Wilson move is better than Denver and Seattle's hanging around there in the division. So I look at what uh, McCaffrey does, the Trey Lance haul, what they had to give up to get him. He got injured. He's injured. We'll see how this young kid's career plays out. But, man, there's a lot of moves and still a lot of good players on that roster and injuries when do you think this comes together how far are they away with the schedule of putting together three or four wins in a row a really a really big game comes up this sunday at sofi stadium against the rams then they're on a bye week and that bye week has to be a week of health and a week of completely incorporating christian mccaffrey into everything kyle shanahan envisions you know i mean he's a, he's a chess player and this is a big this is, you know, this is a queen. This is a piece that can move in any direction on the board. And now Kyle Shanahan and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey officially has two queen-level chess pieces that you just have to have an eye on no matter where they start to play. They can end up in the end zone with a football. I mean, you've got guys who can line up in the backfield. You've got guys who can split out all the way wide, line up in the slot. Um, the options seem endless for Kyle Shanahan, but there were a lot of players on this team that I thought already gave him the endless options. This was something I was talking about, Rick. You know, the, the 49ers do not stretch the field. They are not what I would call a north-south offense. They're a little bit more of an east-to-west offense, and it feels like every single one of Kyle Shanahan's ideas happens in a 17-yard box, about mm-hmm. 12 yards in front of the line of scrimmage, and then five yards behind the line of scrimmage. That's where the entire game plan pretty much plays out for the Niners. And hopefully Christian McCaffrey is the missing ingredient that not only gives Kyle an option to, like I said, move around the chessboard wherever he wants, but finally starts unleashing Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk a little bit more. The 49ers are a football team with excellent pieces, but the sum of their offense does not really equal the parts. Damon Bruce joins us. Well, as we talked about it a while ago, they're lucky to have Garoppolo. He was on the trade market. No one was buying after the surgery, and several teams should have. When you look around the league and what we're seeing with Sam Ellinger about to start in Indy and the quarterback situation in Carolina, I thought the best fit for him would have been Seattle, but they weren't going to do a deal in the division. Um, Look at the insurance policy they have with Garoppolo to save the season after the Lance deal went down with the injury. So, now, one more thing with the other All-Stars on this team, with Nick Bosa, Trent Williams, Warner, one of the best linebackers I've seen in a while since Wagner, who's now with the Rams. I look at the team from the back end all the way to the defensive line, the offensive line. 
what we talked about with Ayuk and especially Debo, they're loaded. They're loaded. And I think with Tom Brady on the outs and this complete implosion by the Packers, who were the number one seed, as you know, and the Niners took him out, the window has opened with this roster to go win a Super Bowl. But they got to get it right. And again, they can't get buried in the schedule and be a wild card team. We know what they did last year on the road. But if they really won plans for the Super Bowl, you would agree they'd have to have some home games here. Absolutely. And I think that Kyle Shanahan knows that. And that's why he made this move. The best path for the 49ers to do anything is winning this division, which has, you know, reported for duty and is a little derelict of duty. The NFC West is not nearly as good as we thought it was. The AFC West is kind of wearing those same pair of boots right now, too. Mm -hmm. And really, I mean, the 49ers single best development this entire season has been the overall mediocrity of the NFC. And it has kept them afloat in what we both can identify as not the start that anyone planned, but it's not the start that has buried them. Every single thing that the Niners want to still accomplish this year is in front of them. They need to go ahead, get back to 500, have two games in hand over the defending Super Bowl champions, get into a bye week, and then really start prepping for the Seattle Seahawks, which is tuning up to be the biggest game of the year as Pete Carroll, everyone was ready to throw him out with the bathwater before the year started, and now he's legitimately an NFL Coach of the Year candidate, along with Brian Dayball, for goodness sake. So it's, 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 it's the NFL. It's why we tune in every week. What you think you're about to expect, you get something totally opposite. It's fascinating, and the Niners are just very lucky to be positioned where they are because they have not held up their end of the bargain. And I would say that after that bye week, everything's got to be tuned up and ready to go. I mean, it is year six for Kyle Shanahan. There is an amount of continuity and star power mm-hmm. on this team that most teams would be very desirous of. So it's, it's time. Like, no one wants to hear any more about labor pains. We need to see the baby. Yeah, it's really similar to what the Chargers are going through. They should be thrilled that they're four and three. They have four wins. Thrilled. They look like a train wreck, and they stack some wins. And they were supposed to go far. Very similar teams in California. I'm fascinated to ask you this question. You know how big of a diehard Yankee fan I am. I mean, over the top. And they got embarrassed by the Astros. Why am I only hearing about the San Francisco Giants in the judge market? I live there across the street from there. We go back a long way. I know the revenue in San Francisco and the entire Bay Area. I mean, people are billionaires all over the place there. Ownership can afford it. Uh, his childhood team, I guess, and the Yankees are going to give him an offer, but he played his value by not accepting that low ball offer. Did the Giants have a chance to steal the judge away from the Yankees and keep him away from the Dodgers? If we had a list of players the Giants were going to go after, you could win a World Series with that list alone. But a lot of these guys are never delivered to San Francisco Hitters usually avoid AT&T because they're afraid their statistics are going to die somewhere on that warning track in that big ballpark. So, you know, if Aaron Judge shows up in a San Francisco Giants uniform, I think there are two things in play. They literally backed up the truck to a you-can't-say-no-to-this-pile-of-money situation, which we have not seen the Giants actually do. There's a lot of talk. We'll see if they do it. They are worried about attendance, and they need some star power greatly. I don't know how much Aaron Judge would affect like the win-loss column, but he would affect the gate. There's no doubt about it. And there also has to be an element where he just simply wants out of New York, has lost 
a, a love affair with the pinstripes, which I think has been tough to identify a little bit since that all-star break. And he gave a very cold interview about his love of the Yankees. You know, I saw that he kissed the NY once during the postseason, but it feels like Aaron judge is ready to leave. And it feels like the giants are going to be, you know, first in the class to go ahead and pay him. But there's an awful lot of feelings that have never turned into actuality for the Giants. I mean, from Shohei Otani to Bryce Harper to Manny Machado to nonsense about having enough assets to be involved in the Juan Soto conversation, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm officially a doubting Thomas because I do not think that this team's current ownership group, as it is built, is ready to go hand out multiple big-time contracts. And if you're not willing to give two, why would you even be willing to give one? because it's not going to be that much of a difference maker. So it it will be fascinating to see this play out. I I honestly, I can't imagine the Yankees would let this guy walk away. I know that he was responsible for a lot of the 50 strikeouts you guys uh, had in the ALCS. Yes, I was counting, but he's also, (laughs) he's also the, you know, the the best player you got. He's, he's, he's the difference maker. So I, I, the Yankees, did not become the New York Yankees letting players like this walk away. We'll see what happens. Last one. I keep politics out of sports until politics get into sports. I'm so disappointed, and I need friends to remind me that the lowest trolls on Twitter are the loudest because Brittany Griner's appeal for her nine-year sentence was denied, and she's not a professional drug dealer. She made a really dumb mistake. And to see some of the responses from Americans To another American, forget that she's an athlete, American in harm's way, used as a pawn in a war situation, and people are like, well, let her stay there. She made the mistake. She didn't go to Russia looking to deal drugs in a back alley with a backpack and get kids addicted. She made a mistake. She's a vape user. She uses marijuana. And it's a big topic, and I hope they're talking about it from San Francisco to New York. I think the media has failed. And I wanted to bring you on because Steph Curry had a platform on the ring night, the ring ceremony night, to bring up Brittany Griner. And it took my level of respect even higher for him because any American, Damon, in harm's way in another country, we have to get them out no matter what they do, especially if it's a marijuana charge. How's this story going in the Bay Area? Look, Steph Curry, if you want to lean forward and really examine how great he has been for the forwarding of women's basketball, I don't know if you can find anyone who's really done more. You know, I mean, maybe Kobe Bryant posthumously drew more attention to women's basketball. Sadly, that was, you know, one of the positives to come out of his tragedy. Uh, Steph Curry sharing Brittany Griner on the stage that was the ring ceremony was poignant for sure. It actually happened on her birthday, so that doubled the gravity of the moment. And the way that people have gone about using this woman as a pawn is 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 offensive to anyone with uh, any sense of decency about them and it's disgusting that it has all happened i i feel nothing but sadness for her because i really don't know what the solution is mm-hmm. with all of the tension between the countries right now it, you know it's funny when you pivoted to Brittany Griner i didn't know that that's where you were going with this i'm glad you did but let me just say one more thing since we're talking about crossing sports and politics and how you know one side of the aisle 
is definitely committed to athletes are here for our entertainment. We don't want to hear about any of your social causes. We don't want to hear about anything that is coming from, let's face it, black, mostly NBA players is the way that the message gets delivered. Yet there's been nothing but crickets about the ridiculous candidate that is Herschel Walker, who is really blending sports and politics, like for real, as a puppet and a pawn that is more offensive than anything any player has ever suggested could be appropriate for you know relations and betterment going forward. That is offensive to me, that all this crowd that wants no politics in their sports and no sports in their politics hasn't said a word about a mental patient running for governor of Georgia. Damon Bruce, good conversation. We'll talk again down the road. Appreciate your time. You're the best. Thank you, JT. Thank you, Damon. Damon Bruce, 95.7 The Game, where I've been on the radio there for a while back in the day until they told me no more Raider talk. And I was like, okay, goodbye. Thanks for the big salary. I'll, I'll, I'll get out of here. Uh, thanks to Damon. Strong comments there at the end. Quickly, before the show wraps up, I want to get to the Lakers. Let's get to the final call last night as Denver smoked the Lakers. You know, the Lakers are now 0-4. Well, the L.A. Lakers are 0-4 to start the season. Nikola Jokic tonight, 31 points, 13 rebounds, and 9 assists. And Denver takes care of Los Angeles, 110-99. to Nuggets Radio, why is this a big deal? Because they're a mess. And Darvin Ham's the new head coach, and he's supposed to turn it around. He hasn't won a game yet. We're four games in. It sucks to lose. Uh, but having 78 games left, there's plenty of time for us to right the ship. And it starts now. It starts yesterday. You know what the bigger problem than this is? Well, let me give you one more big problem. LeBron James is going to break Kareem's record, and they're not talking. Kareem doesn't talk to LeBron, and Kareem doesn't like LeBron, and Magic Johnson went on the record to try to make the peace. If I can play a part in that, right. I would love to do that. I think let him pass him first. Right. Let that happen. Right. And let that soak in for a minute and then put the two men together because they're going to find out they're similar. Wow. That's interesting, man. That's, that's a real big story. You know, Vegas is a Lakers town. Obviously, there's no NBA here yet. I know NBA's coming. I repeat, I know NBA's coming. And when it does come, I think it's going to be fantastic here. But the Lakers have a big fan base here, and they're not leaving L.A. to come to Vegas, okay, like the Oakland Raiders came to Vegas. They're not leaving L.A., but that's a big story with Magic Johnson. Q is on deck. He goes to practice. He is there, his time slot, and he works before that. He's on the round table with me, and he's got a big show lined up today. Thanks to all of our guests. Today was a fun show. Bobby threaded the needle as he had Lee Sterling, Dan Duva, the voice of your Vegas Golden Knights, Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5, and Damon Bruce. Tomorrow, Chris Matthews will join us there, which we're excited about who that. Oh, yeah, we have the voice of uh, Mike Haas, the voice of the Saints. Thanks uh, for bringing that up. Tomorrow, I don't know what I have yet. I don't. i got to work. That's my job. got to figure out who I'm going to put on tomorrow. And then I'm going to the VGK game, probably at Ice Toll Modelo at the Beer House. And then we'll roll into that, have a good time. Maybe a boys' night out because they play during the day and we're down there by the Strip. And then on Sunday, I'll be at the M Resort Spawn Casino for the pre- and post-game show. I believe an 8 a.m. start for that. So if you're a Raider fan, you want a Bloody Mary, some eggs, want to hang out, watch the game with us, come on down to the M Resort. I think you'll have a great time if you haven't been there. 
We're going to be there the next two weeks before the Raiders come home and take on the Indianapolis Colts. Have a great day, everybody. Q's on deck. If you miss anything, lvsportsnetwork.com. All of our podcasts are at raiders.com, at JT the Brick on Facebook and Twitter.